This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And if you know that, then you know that you can find all of our previous episodes at MarkingOut.com. Also, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you give us a follow over on that Twitterville. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Also, check us out on Twitch and YouTube and buy that amazing, great, sexy t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. And... I am here with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon. But before I bring him on, I should tell you, I should alert everybody that this is episode 597. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always-ish, still. Alright, alright. So so you thought I was going to forget the episode number, didn't you? I mean, you, you basically did. Yeah, it happens. It happens. So, tell TikTok me about your week. Two at marking out. Yeah, TikTok. We are trendy. Not uh, not trends. much for my week. I uh, I made some more steak. I made chimichurri this time. That was quite delicious. Interesting. I made more rice because I'm determined to learn it. There this you time, go. This time hey. I did cilantro and lime. There you go. Russell. Yeah. It was, it yeah. Was decent. There you go. Uh, but I think the star of my my cooking of the week was, uh, although the chimichurri was really, really good, mm-hmm. made crumb cake. And I think the best part of the crumb cake is that streusel topping. So I wish I had more of that. And uh, it was really good. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. I got to eat a little bit of something that I've been craving. I had, yeah, what's that? <laughs> I had a Moe's. A Moe's burrito. Oh, Moe's. I've been wanting one. But uh, it was a little bit too soft, so when I got home, I put it on the stovetop a little bit to kind of. Uh, I haven't had a home record in a long time, but what's in I the was, home uh, record? Actually, um, it's pretty much your your typical burrito, you know, steak, and then whatever additives you want. Based off of my memory, Chipotle is better than Moe's, and. There's like a million places on Long Island that you can get a better burrito from outside of Moe's and Chipotle. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, you know. I think that next time I go for something, um, I may go for something like Chipotle. But, like, there's like a little – there's like a neighborhood joint I know in Merrick. There's a place – Yeah, there's Taco Bell. Oh yeah, no Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell's a little bit ritzy though. Yeah, so ritzy. It's a little bit ritzy and it's upscale. You know that that's where you really want to go for a date night, not really yeah, just casual. Yeah, Here's not your really Baja a casual. Blast, babe. Yeah, 
Not to uh, make fun of people who go on dates to Taco Bell or whatever. I'm sure people not at have been all. married I mean, in one, but they they do have it. They I think on Valentine's Day they, they do actually do a classy Taco Bell at some isn't places. That, like uh, isn't that dining. White Castle? I don't know. I thought White Castle. They do have that. they do have like legit good. Uh, well, I guess fancy ones in like Vegas and a few other places. I think Times Square has one too, right? I'm not sure, but I can't I say fancy. You could you could put yeah. as many coats of paint on a Taco Bell. It's still Taco Bell food. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, they got t- Fat Boy Burrito in Belmore, um, and I haven't had a chance to eat there yet. Yeah, because but... you keep going to Moe's. Exactly. You know, no, the line is huge whenever I drive by there. And then there's one in Wontaw too. Um, there's one in Wontaw where they have a, a burrito a burrito place, but. Yeah, I don't know. I was craving a burrito, and it was on the way. So, but yeah, burritos and galore. And what about pro wrestling wise? You know, let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, Brock Lesnar. No, Lester. yeah, I was surprised that you didn't toss that one back to me. <laughs> Lesnar opened the show and basically said he's going to kick Roman Reigns' ass at SummerSlam. Paul Heyman interrupted and said he's going to train Roman Reigns to stick his hand up. Uh, Brock Lesnar's uh, behind. Oh. Pull something out. That was very weird and confusing. Yeah, you don't want to do something like that. that, Especially uh, without a medical degree. And uh, and then Austin Theory came out and said that he'll be getting his U.S. championship back at SummerSlam. Then he walked down to the ring and... uh, uh, or he's gonna he's he wants to cash in on Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. And then Alpha Academy showed up in this segment and Otis got in the ring. Chad Gable attacked Brock Lesnar from behind and then Brock took them out. He F five Otis through the commentary table, scooped him up like it was nothing. And uh that was the end of that segment. Yeah, nothing to uh too crazy though but i did like that alpha academy did uh did get into the fun um austin theory i think he's going to win like i think he's gonna cash in at SummerSlam and cash in successfully that would be really interesting you know like i said last week that could be that thing because obviously he's like desperate for Vince McMahon's attention. So what better way to get his attention than by defeating Brock Lesnar or cashing in on Roman Reigns, you know? Um, I think more specifically, it'll be Brock Lesnar that he pins. You know what? I kind of hope it is. But then on the other hand, I would be very impressed with Brock Lesnar. Uh, recognizing the future of the pro of WWE and going over on uh, allowing him to go over on him, you know, doing the dues. Brock Lesnar was 25 and a month or so when he won the the undisputed championship from The Rock at SummerSlam 2002. Austin Theory turns 25 like three days after SummerSlam. Yeah. It's interesting. So, 
if they want him to be 24 when he wins that championship, SummerSlam. Huh. That would definitely be one heck of a story for Austin Theory to build him up. Yeah. You know, I think there's no denying that at all. Youngest U.S. champion, youngest Money in the Bank holder. Yeah. Youngest WWE champion. Hey, he he's he's the future. You know? After that, we saw the Judgment Day with uh, Damian Priest. Basically, he did bring up Rey Mysterio celebrating 20 years of him being in WWE at Madison Square Garden in two weeks. But he also spoke to Dominic and said that Rey Mysterio has literally nothing else to offer him at this point in his career. And they do. And Finn Balor brought up what they did to Edge and they called Rey Mysterio a bad father. And then the Mysterios attacked Judgment Day leading into the match that was supposed to take place. Finn Balor picking up the victory over Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I thought this was a pretty good match. Yeah. And then he had that like stare down with Dominic, you know. I could only imagine that we're going to have Dominic try to seek revenge next week. Something like that. I like that uh, sliding sunset foot powerbomb that Ray did outside. Or to the yeah. outside, I guess. But if if WWE 2K23 had a Rey Mysterio showcase instead of 2K22, I think this match could have possibly ended up in it, even though Rey Mysterio lost. Because I thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, Becky Lynch came out. And she said that she was pissed off that Carmella got a rematch, and she doesn't. And then she demanded a title shot. And... Carmella picks up a victory over Bianca Belair via countout. So Bianca Belair retained the the championship, which I didn't really get why Carmella was getting another title shot. Becky Lynch is kind of right here. I agree with you. I'm surprised that she got the other title shot, but I think it could have been more so Bianca Belair wanting to get her revenge on Carmella because let's not forget, after the match, Carmella really gave Bianca Belair a beatdown. Well, um, Becky Lynch stopped Bianca Belair from getting back into this match before the 10 count, so I'm thinking, and Carmella was walking around like she won the title. Am I crazy to think that she's going to defeat Bianca Belair? I think it's going to be a triple threat match at SummerSlam, though. I think that it could, but I also feel like that could happen. You know, I feel like Carmella can end up with the championship leading to Bianca and Becky Lynch fighting for without the title being involved, which That's I would possible. be I mean, I, I'm, I would be okay with that feud without the title being involved. I liked uh, the, the, the face buster counter that Carmella did to counter the, the KOD. In the yeah, match. that was very, yeah, that was very innovative, especially because you thought that that was going to be the, the end of it all. Yeah, but you know? Bianca Belair did hit her with the KOD afterwards, so. Yeah, she did get yeah. that. But next up, you had a Miz TV segment where you had Champa alongside the Miz. Um, just... Miz demanded that Logan Paul changes his mind about SummerSlam. And then AJ Styles interrupted, and they're really running with that uh, testicle thing. There's even a shirt. Yeah, Mrs. Balls uh, has merch now. Half merch, I should say. Yep, yep. But Ezekiel came out to introduce himself to AJ Styles. I can only imagine what's going to happen if they keep this going up until Christmas time. Why? That's going to be one heck of decorations. Testicle Festival? What is that? It could be. 
That would be interesting. Imagine if they do that a testicle festival with the Miz and, Mar- and Maurice. Yeah. That's why they that's why they boosted it up to TV 14. Yeah. So they could start working their way into this. <laughs> I think it's really maybe for Edge, but people are speculating for Cody actually. I mean, why? Well, I like, mean, why, first off, so why Cody, is it for Cody tweeted out a wink emoji. Yeah, but I mean, just overall, why is it just for one wrestler that people are speculating over? I don't know. I specifically think Edge, due to like bloodbaths, like we could have those back, given like the whole vignettes that we've been seeing. I personally, with this change, so for those that don't know, obviously WWE adjusted their TV rating from a PG to a TV 14. So only for Monday Night Raw next week. That's it. Oh, so it's just just, just Monday Night Raw going forward. So SmackDown my NXT both T- TV PG, even though they still drop. Bombs but that on you're there. allowed that on PG. Interesting. You're allowed a certain amount before you have to bump up the the, the language rating. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know. I think that even though they claim that they're going to be bumping up into TV fourteen, I really don't suspect much is going to change i mean we've still had we've had bloodbaths on monday night raw before but not bloodbaths recently we have not had an actual bloodbath since the 90s or 2000s what do you mean they they had it with edge and um no they specifically called it broodbath and it was black okay so you think that instead of blackness going over them it's going to be red if they decide to go with that, but it's just blood in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I TV, don't think TV fourteen gives you blood. I believe. I don't think that it's going to change all that much. And with these these vignettes that we've been seeing this week, we saw with Orton, John Cena, and Mick Foley referenced. Yeah, it's very clearly going to be Edge. Oh yeah, there's and no it's very clearly. I think going to be some sort of like badass version of Edge where he just takes no prisoner or something like that. I I could see that too, but I I still don't think that TV fourteen is specifically for Edge or Cody. I think it's just for the I, I'm saying like blood wise, and Cody again is somebody who's a, a very attached to blood. This new version, American Nightmare Cody, very 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 attached to blood. Even still, I don't think that it's due to many specific wrestlers. I think maybe maybe it is to involve a little bit of blood and stuff like that, but I don't think it's specifically for any wrestler more so the content itself i don't know we'll see maybe there's light tubes gonna appear in wwe maybe nick i heard nick gage was gonna yeah make his debut but <laughs> or the hard the the death match king uh matt cardona yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so Elias uh ezekiel came out and he was like it'd be better if your handicap match was a tag match, so I spoke to Adam Pearson. I got it changed. And then AJ Styles and Ezekiel went on to defeat Miz and Tommaso Ciampa via disqualification. I thought it was a decent match. Nothing really stood out to me. Yeah, I but agree it, with but you. It was, Nothing. it was Ciampa attacking Edge and not stopping the attack that got them de- DQ. Uh, Ezekiel. No, AJ uh, Styles. Yeah. Not Edge. Yeah, Did AJ I say Edge. Yeah, you said Edge. Champa attacking AJ. Yeah, Champa attacking AJ because AJ had the. Uh, we have. What, I have Edge on the brain. I guess that's funny. Uh, yeah, no, AJ had the his submission hold. 
Yeah. But then AJ Styles took Champ out anyway, so and Miz fled. Yeah. It's interesting to see Champa paired up with the Miz too. And everyone's pissed off about it saying Champa deserves better, blah blah blah. And it's like, don't discredit Miz. And yes, this is obviously a different version. We've been saying it for weeks, a different version from NXT. Where else would you prefer Champa to be right now? I don't to, know. In a feud with Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns? Let's be realistic right now. You can't have everybody up there at once. Yeah. You know, just be happy that he got the call. But next up, you had Alexa Bliss. I think they're specifically not happy because they're not seeing him as old Champa on TV. Hey, you got to set her free. Got to set her free. But next up, you had Alexa Bliss teaming up with Asuka to pick up the victory over Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop. I don't know what to be feeling about all of this. I The match itself, I wasn't really thrilled about. Um, it's and this, not like it, it wasn't a bad match, but no. again, not much happened in it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Not much happened in it. And this stuff with Alexa Bliss, I'm really confused more than anything. She got the victory, DDT finish, and they took so long to change away the cameras after they were celebrating that I literally thought Alexa Bliss was going to attack Asuka. Yeah, that's what I thought too, but I'm just so confused with Alexa Bliss right now to the point where I'm, I mean, I if you told me that she got released in two months, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm very confused with her booking and Alexa Bliss? how they're using her right now. Well, you yeah, can't have everyone really at, to- at the top. What do you mean? You just said it yourself. Yeah, I know. You, 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 but that's the thing. But even, you can't have everybody at the top, but... What are you doing with her, though? You still have her with um, Lily, yet she's the bubbly gimmick again. And now she, I like, it's just very confusing. Those vignettes or or segments specifically said as long as she has Lily, she'll be fine. Yeah, but it's just confusing to me. After that, the That's Usos it. had a uh, talk segment. The Street Profits interrupted. I thought that was like kind of like floundering until our truth came out and and brought up how he's a uh, certified tag team counselor. He's a certified <laughs> referee and they need a referee shirt underneath. He wants to be the ref at SummerSlam and they told him to take the shirt off and then Truth said that he'll fight them. MVP and Almost came out and MVP was like Almost should be the referee cuz that makes so much sense. And then uh, said that he should team with the Usos. That led to a six-man tag where the Usos and Omos picked up a victory over R-Truth and the Street Profits. Again, not much happening in this match. I agree with you. You know, I feel like that, this, that the promos beforehand, I didn't mind it. But then it kind of got a little bit prolonged. Um, and then this match didn't really do all that much for me. And to top it off, Omos gets the win over Dawkins. Why would you not have him get the victory over R-Truth instead? Yeah, I agree. Especially Street Profits having a great match with the Usos and SummerSlam. I think there's going to be high expectations of the both of them. But I think R-Truth would have been the safe bet to take 100%. the fall. 100%. You know, but next up, you had a, a vignette of Edge. We could we could say safely that it's Edge. I mean, during this one, like you made mention before, they had a lot more alluding to Edge. They had the RKO. The I think it was a rated RKO shirt, right? No, it was just a Randy Orton Just a shirt, Randy yeah. Orton RKO. 
Well, we so spoke had, about that. We don't need to speak about this. Exactly. More. They had all of that. So on to the main event of the evening. Main yeah. event of the evening saw Seth Rollins and Austin Theory, a.k.a. Theory, pick up the victory over Lashley and Riddle. Um, this match Ziggler showed up right away, which was very throwing. Yes. And he sat ringside for this. And I thought it was a decent match. And uh, even though it's an overdone spot, Lashley spearing Seth Rollins through the barricade, I thought was unexpected here. I like that, that barricade spot. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Austin Theory at one point used the ropes for leverage on a pin, and Dolph Ziggler knocks his feet off. Riddle hits an RKO and picks up the victory for their team. Very, very surprising to see Dolph Ziggler help. And then he super kicked Austin Theory standing over him to close Monday Night Raw. If you want somebody to get over, you put him up against Dolph Ziggler. I think he's going to win the championship. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm how very do you, intrigued so how do you to think see that, this stuff with Dolph Ziggler, but... How do you think that Ziggler's going to win? Not Ziggler. Who did you say? Theory. Oh, Theory. Sorry, I switched over. Yeah, I could I could see Ziggler, I, too. Theory, like I'm saying, you want, him, you want to set him up to win the WWE Championship at SummerSlam, have him do stuff with Ziggler. Yeah. They could have, like, a, a main event match or something at, at Madison Square Garden in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Anything. But yeah. that was Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT, which opens up with footage from earlier in the day of Roxanne Perez attacked outside in the parking lot. And then Cora Jade was interviewed later on and said that she that she she knew she should have come to the arena with Roxanne Perez. And it has Toxic Attraction written all over it. Toxic Attraction claimed it wasn't them and they didn't care who did it. A bunch of people were chiming in during the night about who they thought would was was behind it. We'll put a pin in that, though. Yeah. First match of the evening saw Giovanni Vinci pick up the victory over Apollo Crews. Right off the bat, very disappointed that they changed Apollo Crews' theme song. I understand you take the Nigerian mix out of it. You could have just given us the old theme song. I would have been perfectly fine with that. Now it's just some generic theme song. That was disappointing, but I thought this was a good match. I feel like it deserved a much bigger crowd than it was, or than it yeah. had. Yeah. Um, at the ending, though, we saw Vinci throw a fan's phone into the ring. And while the referee was dealing with that, he uh, Zion Quinn showed up and attacked Apollo Cruz behind the referee's back, and that led to the ending. That led to Vinci getting the, the victory. So Yeah, um... I don't know. It didn't. Once again, this stuff it didn't really appeal to me all that much. I don't know how. Both um, of them are super strong, and they showed off their strengths in this match. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm surprised that he lost though. I I mean, in the way that both of them needed victories, but with the way it was lost, is a perfectly fine way around that. He didn't win cleanly. Yeah. 
After that, Cameron Grimes came out and he said that he learned all he could do and, uh, and, and still come up short. He could do everything and still come up short, and that's just life. Yeah. J.D. McDonough interrupted him and told him to wrap it up. He's old news. And then Cameron Grimes was like, jump me from behind like you did to Braun Breaker. And instead, J.D. headbutts him and rolled out before he can get hit with a cave-in. So that match gets set up for, for next week. Yeah. Backstage, Diamond Mine. We saw Damon Kent putting over the Creeds in their match last week and said that he'd like to run it back with them. They end up leaving. And Roderick Strong yelled at Damon Kemp. He's like, you want to run it back with them? Basically, like, how dare you? And then challenged him one-on-one next week. So we're going to see the leader of Diamond Mine taking on Damon Kemp, who's also in Diamond Mine. That's one hell of a way to say we are Diamond Mind and we are very, very strong and together, you know? Tatum Paxley, though, they are together. Tatum Paxley picked up the victory over Caden Carter. Ivy Nile came out to support Tatum. Yeah, uh, gave her that boost of motivation that Paxley needed, and she ended up getting that really interesting uh, um, roll-up pin. Before that, though. Caden Carter had a really nice submission locked in. Yeah, that's true. That led to that when Paxley got to the ropes and then Caden went to grab her off of it and like... She like did a springboard... uh, Like a small package package. sort of thing. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I don't even know if we've seen like a... Like it's like she jumped up into a guillotine going into... It was like a a wheelbarrow almost. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. You know, but it's going to be interesting with Niles and Paxley to see what's happening with them you well know? i think roderick strong's gonna be pissed still yeah i mean uh, it seems like it's inevitable that strong's gonna be out of diamond mine yeah and a lot of people think he's going to AEW, so who knows i i i, I firmly believe that too well after that joe gacy had another promo where he basically said that the dyad will reveal who they are next week so here's to the grizzled young veterans maybe Maybe I still I I want to see grizzled young veterans on the main roster already. Like I want on, to see them as champions. Yeah, but I want to see them on Raw or SmackDown. You know, these guys have been busting their butts for so long, and look how many times they made it to the finals of that tournament. And Twice. Which, which is, is still like they should have won the Dusty Classic. 100%. Exactly, and let's face it: on the mic, their mic skills are great. Their in-ring abilities are incredible. Uh, they are le- they are a legit tag team, and I think that the main roster, like on Raw or SmackDown, would definitely benefit from having them. Yeah. But that but. just, like, goes into the whole WWE doesn't always care about uh, tag team wrestling. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's That's other true. companies who say they do, and I truly don't believe they do. So After yeah. that, Sanga... Uh, they showed video of him backstage with Valentina Faraz and Yulisa Leon, just like watching replays of him at the pool party from last week. And Duke Hudson interrupted it. A match gets sets up where Duke loses to Sanga. Not really anything going on here. Not nah, just Sanga being a beast. Yeah. I don't know. 
But next up, you had Solo Sokoa and Von Wagner going to a double countout. They were brawling all over the place. Yeah, Solo brawled with Von Wagner before the match, and the match ended the same exact way. Yeah, I, I could this become a false count anywhere match? That's very possible. It went to the back. I'm not thrilled with the outcome here, but it literally was going on throughout the whole night. Yeah, so. I did like I did like uh, Solo Sokoa tossing uh, Robert Brand into the uh, the garbage. Robert though. Stone, brother. Yeah, Robert Stone Brand <laughs> <laughs> into the trash. Though yeah, I thought that I thought was that a, was funny too. Yeah, it was one of those spots where you saw the the garbage the the uh, dumpster there. Yeah, you saw the dumpster there, and it was, it was like set up, but it was still a really fun spot. People are wondering. What if Solo Sokoa is the guest referee at SummerSlam? I would not like to see that. I I think right now he's doing quite well as a face. Yeah, I I can't see that taking place either. I am still, like, not sure who it could be, but... Nah, after uh, after that segment, we saw Indy Hartwell pick up the victory over Lash Legend. We saw Alba Fire show up, which could it be Naomi Lash Legend. I don't think so. It seems like she's on her way out of WWE too. I don't know. Yeah, Sasha Banks had her first uh, big booking. Yeah, in Chicago. Is it C two E two? She's got the uh, Mercedes Vernado name being used. Yeah, you may know but her apparently she some characters such as Sasha Banks and the Mandalorian. Yeah, but I mean, th- I mean, she's not taking any wrestling bookings though until I believe she, they said twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, Stephanie McMahon could get some sort of deal going back with Naomi and Sasha Banks, and yeah, how they left totally. sucks, but they they fought. For you know, what it's they it's a in. it's a double edged sword where you're happy to see people stand up for themselves. But then but on the like, other, it's not to me. It's not like themselves. It's it's their it's their their titles, their position in the company. They they're standing up for tag team wrestling. Exactly, but standing up for themselves as well in doing so, you know. But on the other hand, with that double edged sword, it also does impact a lot of other people on the roster. It's very unfortunate because we yeah, have it's... not had anything with the tag team championships since they. Since that that news press went out, press release with yeah, they went to Johnny I mean, they, Ace's office. Yeah, I mean they announced that tournament that never even took place. Yeah, then um, but next up you had Indy Hartwell pick up the victory over Lash Legend, which we did start to speak about. Yeah, <laughs> um, then we got but, totally sidetracked. Yeah, it. but Indy Hartwell she slipped off the the top rope when she went for her finisher. Lash pins her off of that, and then Indy reverses the pin into another pin to pick up the victory, where I almost question whether or not she meant to slip off or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was supposed to happen or not, but Alba Fire, if it wasn't supposed to happen, which most likely it wasn't, I thought it was a good recovery. Yeah, That Lash was able to go right into a pin and then get reversed yeah. into another pin. But... Alba Fire went into the ring afterwards and took a swing at Lash Legend. So I'm assuming some sort of hardcore match between the two of them. Given that the baseball I can bat, see that. maybe a baseball bat and a pole match. Yeah. 
Now, next up, they had a scan here uh, appear on this screen, and this was where everybody started talking. You know, I was had the first a lot of rumblings of rumors. I was the first to solve it. I will say that. It All right, so how did you game. come about solving it? It was a Wordle game. Last week, it was 8, 10, 11. I, don't, I still don't know that aspect of it. But this week was a Wordle game. It had Quinn, Becky, Cruz, Trick, Brock, and Toxic. The O and the C's were, the O and C were highlighted. And the and the C, I believe, was in the, the last place in Toxic, obviously. Uh-huh. In the last clue. The only possible word for that puzzle, if you follow the rules of Wordle, is Havoc. Zoe Stark's last match was at Halloween Havoc. So potentially it could be a return gimmick for her. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. that's I for, I totally forgot that she's been off TV. Yeah. But I, as soon as that, that Wordle thing came up, I was like, let me try to solve this if this is a shoot. And the only possible outcome for that was Havoc. Tweeted that out. Boom. Well, way to go. Wordle yeah. champ over here. Yeah, big time. You know, but next up you had Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks, Lorenzo, pick up the victory over Anofi and Blade. Yeah, I think Idris Anofi and Malik Blade are always uh, impressive. Uh, the bigger thing from this match, though, was that Tony made Legato beat down Malik afterwards. Yeah, and they, you know, it was really a test of allegiance, and they passed. And I believe Santos tweeted out, not my legato. Yeah, they passed with flying colors, but who knows? Maybe it's a way to get in with uh, Tony. Mm. You know, maybe it's a way to get in, and then they just infiltrate from the inside. Uh, After that, they aired another video promo for Axiom. And he now wears a mask. Yeah, he's going to have a mask. Um, I'm cool with that. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. You don't really have any other wrestlers that have a mask. I mean, Rey Mysterio? Yeah, but that's it. I, I just don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. Um, yeah, after that, we saw Mandy Rose speak about Roxanne and how she couldn't beat her and that she runs NXT. And then Cora Jade came out, said that if, uh, Roxanne Perez can't go, I'll go, I'll step up and take the title. We saw, um, Nikita Lyons basically say the same thing, but Roxanne Perez makes her way out. She's all bandaged up. Mandy Rose picks up the victory over Roxanne Perez to retain that NXT Women's Championship. Great selling of her injuries throughout the match by Perez. Yeah. But Toxic Attraction got involved and she takes them out. She hits Pop Rocks on the outside on Mandy Rose. And when she went to get back into the ring, Cora Jade hits Roxanne with the title. Yeah, huge heel turn. And causes for the match, the internet explodes. How dare they? How dare they do this to 2001? They just uh, they just won the the championships. Yeah, and... that's where that's where it really confuses me because they, like you just said, they just won the championships. 
Yeah, and then Cora Jade yelled at Roxanne afterwards and said that she's selfish and then beat her with a broken skateboard. Because it pre-broke, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, but on the highlights, they gave it different camera angles, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm fine with this. Last week, I questioned it. You I did. Said, you saw it coming. I said this exact same thing. I, I said, I hope it doesn't end with Cora Jade turning on Roxanne Perez, and then it ended like that. And it's very much, and I said this last week, we don't have the TV backstory. We just have what they've been telling us about the two of them and their friendship. But it gives me SummerSlam 2002 Triple H Shawn Michaels vibes where Triple H is going Mm -hmm. on this goose hunt looking for who attacked my best friend Shawn Michaels. Shawn finds security camera footage from the the parking garage and uh, footage is grainy, but due to great technology... (laughs) <laughs> they're able to, <laughs> to enhance it and they see Triple H do the pose afterwards. <laughs> That's so stupid, but it's uh, that was great television to me. I was, I it was. In, very invested in that feud. Dave and I, we went, so. Yeah, so I totally agree with you. I know. But, yeah, so. Yeah. What they're going to do with the tag team titles now, I have no idea. That's one of those things where it's mm. like, go look at, Look at Sasha Banks and Naomi. They don't necessarily care about tag team wrestling. No, they don't. And I was a fan of Team 2001, but it's like uh, Cora Jade tries week after week, week after week, try after try to get that, that NXT Women's Championship. She lost shot after shot, it seems. And Roxanne Perez comes in, the shiny new toy or whatever. Wins the NXT breakout tournament. And instead of cashing in on the tag team championships, like I originally thought they were going to do, because it seemed very much so like that was going to happen. And Indy Hartwell was going to become the next women's champion. They just randomly get the a title shot, a number one contender match, win that, win the titles, take the titles. And then Roxanne Perez calls her shot. She cashes in that breakdown, the breakdown, uh, breakout gimmick and <laughs> wants that. But Cora Jade in the back, back of the line, she's pissed off. She wants that title. That's what she's there for. She wants that title. Yeah, to me, it no, makes perfect it, sense. Do I, do I wish yeah. they, they kept the titles or the tag team going a little bit longer? Yes. Yeah, but no, you're totally right. It It makes sense. I don't know if they're going to have a uh, an NXT event come SummerSlam weekend. I feel like if they were going to, it would have already been announced. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see whenever that match takes place. I don't know. Yeah, only and, time And we will still tell. don't know who the next NXT Women's Champion will be. Maybe it'll be a triple threat between the three of them. That could happen. Yeah. But it could. That was NXT moving over to NXT UK. It opened with Oliver Carter picking up the victory over T.O. Man. Um, Dee Familia has been trying to recruit Oliver Carter since Ashton Smith was injured. They got involved. Carter was able to overcome that, picks up the victory, and then they attacked him. They took him out afterwards. So whether or not Oliver Carter ends up uh, somehow joining... D Familia, I'm not sure. I don't know if I could see that happening, but maybe maybe it'll take place. After that, a male know. 
took uh beat up uh beat up picked yeah. up the victory i couldn't think of the word <laughs> picked up the victory over stevie turner blair davenport was on commentary it was kind of a short match. I thought Davenport would have been involved, but Amel picked up the victory clean. So, good match for her. After that main event, Mark Coffey picked up the victory over Noam Dar to become the new Heritage Cup champion. Very long match. Really good. Uh, I think the Heritage Cup rules might be my favorite match type in WWE right now. It's definitely interesting. But uh, Shaw Samuels was banned from ringside, so they kept showing him backstage cheering Noam Dar on. But Mark Coffey got the first fall by making Noam Dar tap out in round two. Noam Dar made uh, Mark Coffey tap out in round four to even that up. And then with seconds left on the clock in round six, the final round, Mark pinned Noam Dar and picked up that victory. And then afterwards, everybody came out to uh, try to get their money from Shaw Samuels, which I thought was funny. But it ended with Joe Coffey coming back, returning to celebrate with Mark. I thought that was weird that he showed up. I don't know why he was there if he went home. I don't Mm -hmm. know what what was wrong with him in the first place. But, yeah, I thought it was a really good close to NXT UK. But moving to SmackDown... Michael Cole opens up to introduce Pat McAfee, who apologized for missing SmackDown last week and having us have to sit through Corey Graves and uh, Happy Corbin at one point. And then he brought up his history with Happy Corbin and their time together on the Colts and then being roommates, etc. Corbin interrupted this and basically said that he got something from the WWE universe, so he won't be coming out there. Some sort of a disease or something, an infection. He had red spots all over him. But we will see him at SummerSlam, so I thought they did a good job there to hype up their match for SummerSlam. After that, Liv Morgan picked up the victory over Natalia. Uh, this was a one of those contender matches. Uh, if Natalia won, she would have gotten a title shot. But I thought this match was decent. I'm happy that Liv Morgan won because I think she really needs these victories right now the most. So I'm just glad that she she had that uh, that victory there. Uh, Kayla interviewed Liv Morgan afterwards. And Liv was like, I, I know I'm the underdog going into SummerSlam, even though I'm champion. But I'm walking out as champion. So I really hope she does. I feel like she will. I don't know if Ronda Rousey would be that that one to take the title from Liv Morgan so soon. After that, New Day came out dressed as the Viking Raiders. I wasn't a fan of this segment. The Raiders cut them off and went to go to the ring only to get jumped by Jinder Mahal and Shanky. New Day joined in. Very odd. But the four of them have had problems with the Viking Raiders as of late. After that, we were supposed to see Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah, but that match didn't happen. Lacey came out, made them restart her music again, and then cut what seemed like a long forever promo. I don't know how long it actually was, but I guess she apologized, and then the WWE Universe didn't accept it. They were doing the what chance and everything. They were booing her. So she told them to go to hell. 
And then she walked off, and that was that. So maybe that's going to get added to SummerSlam. Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. A match after that it was supposed to be Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, but it ended up being Drew McIntyre taking on uh, and picking up the victory over Ridge Holland. Ridge was announced as the opponent, even though Sheamus was already like supposed to be in that match. Butch ends up grabbing the ring bell and rang it while him and Sheamus were outside of the ring. So they started that match. McIntyre used some of Sheamus' moves in this. And uh, this was supposed to be to see who gets to face the champion at Classic Clash of the Castle. So I feel like we're going to eventually see Sheamus versus McIntyre added to SummerSlam. And that'll then determine who will face probably Theory. Maybe. But after that, Madcap Moss picked up the victory over Austin Theory via disqualification. Paul Heyman throughout the night gave Austin Theory and Madcap Moss basically the same speech about being responsible for their big breaks, which I think goes back to when he was in charge of Monday Night Raw because both of them were being used quite heavily on Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman was in charge. But he also said that if Madcap Moss were to maybe beat Austin Theory the way that he did to King Corbin or Happy Corbin and he remained off of television for a few weeks that he'd have no choice but to go to Roman Reigns and get him a main event match for the WWE Championship. The match itself I thought was pretty good. There was one spot that could have been bad, but I thought both of them recovered. Madcap caught his balance, and it ended with the um, fallaway slam. I I thought it was good. But Austin Theory clocked Madcap Moss with the Money in the Bank briefcase. That led to the disqualification. Sami Zayn came out afterwards and yelled at Austin Theory for disrespecting Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And Austin Theory's like, what are you going to do about it? You have one arm, you're by yourself. And then the Usos came out, which backed him all the way to the the ring. And Madcap Moss ends up picking him up, throwing him into the the ring post, and then tossing him over the barricade to uh, get them out of that segment. Main event saw Angelo Dawkins pick up the victory over Jimmy Uso. The referee was knocked down at one point, and both Dawkins and Jimmy Uso had pins during this time. We got a uh, Dawkins hit a sky high at the end of that match, picked up the victory. Jimmy Uso's shoulder was up, which I thought was more good setup for them, them needing a special guest referee at SummerSlam. And then Adam Pierce came out and discussed the aftermath and everything and how uh, at Money in the Bank, the Street Profits needed a, a special guest referee. The, the bad call was there on SmackDown tonight. There was a bad call. Kind of makes the WWE officials, especially Charles Robinson, look bad. But he announced a special guest referee for that match. That being J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T-J, Jeff Jarrett. And I marked the hell out for that because I'm a big fan of Double J and I thought that was really beyond unexpected. I don't know who I could have thought. I think we even earlier in the show, we were trying to think about who could be a special guest referee, but we couldn't think of anybody and no way in hell was I thinking about Jeff Jarrett. So I thought that was unexpected. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing Jeff Jarrett be the referee at SummerSlam. And... um And then after that, SmackDown ends with the Usos and Street Profits fighting each other. 
So that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick little break right now and be back with Chris right here on Marking Out. Hey, you guys, it's Rob Paulson here. Are you a wrestling fan? I am. That's why I listen to Marking Out, because it's a badass show, just like me. Well, I'm not really badass. I'm about 150 pounds and soaking wet. But still, in my mind, I'm badass. Enjoy the show. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Chris here for episode 597 with Brandon. Brandon, what's the haps? Hey. Man, I was like, I was like, do, do I do the hay thing this week or do I do uh, do what the what the hap? So I've watched RJ City and Mia Yim and uh, Jessamine Duke play Sea of Thieves last week, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I know RJ City's been doing on his channel the the new Ninja Turtles game, which I beat by the way. It's awesome. Got Casey Jones. A lot of people uh, have been enjoying that game. Yeah, a lot of people. I think that they should uh, make a sequel already. Let's go. <laughs> so, but yeah, what's been going on, Brandon? What's Not much. You've had the the much busier week than me. Yeah, I know. I went straight from quarantine to uh, straight to family vacation. But you know, aside like I did my five days quarantine. You know, we had to wear my mask in the house. Um, then the Thursday that we left, I was like testing myself every single morning. The, the Thursday we left, I tested negative, so I was kind of stoked about that. Um, and then went on a little family uh, weekend getaway with my entire family up to Lake George, which was uh, it was fun, you know. Any uh, theme parks up there? Or no, no, no theme parks. Like the first day we were there, we did this like railway excursion, where like you sit in these like metal cars and you have to pedal along like oh, yeah. a, the old railroads. I went off the track twice. What? Yeah, I'm sitting Ain't there that pedal- high up. What? Ain't, no, it's like no, it, it's up? not that high up, and it was, it was the same spot. It was like over like a, a a paved area that like cars were trying to go over flew off twice but uh yeah that was fun and then we did wow. the uh steamboat i know i had to put myself back on the, the rails too it was uh it kind of sucked but That's whatever crazy. and then uh the next day we went on like the steamboat tour of uh lake george where i was singing steamboat willie the entire time so it's a good whistle it is a good whistle um, and then we came back and uh, kind of just been hanging out. It's 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 been weird the first two weeks of summer for me because it was like Vegas, quarantine, Lake George, and now like I finally had to have some time to kind of like chill out and hang out and stuff like that. So I can't uh, believe we're already at July. 15th. I know, I know, July fifteenth, and uh, and said it like today we usually record eleven o'clock, but uh, I had to take my kids to go see Minions: Rise of Gru. Which was, uh, you know, if you've seen uh, a Minions franchise movie before, it's pretty much the same. It was fun. There's fart humor in there. The Minions are great. I have um, to assume so, nobody got kicked out of the theater when you saw it, huh? No, why? Someone kicked out of the theater when you saw it? <laughs> yeah, that, no, I didn't go see the Minions movie. I've not. I don't even think I've seen Despicable Me, but uh, that was like a whole thing that went viral, where these uh, group of kids or teenagers or whatever they were. They dressed up full suits to go watch the Minions on opening weekend or whatever. They brought bananas with them and everything and then got kicked out of the theater. They were cheering and everything. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, the manager uh, the manager on their side said they were throwing stuff at the screen, okay, which but... damages the screen. And if you, damage, if you stain the screen, you got to replace the whole screen. Yeah. On their end, they said they were not doing that, so I don't know. Don't believe any of these degenerate kids. Yeah, I don't know. But they were just like, 
on on the the TikTok end that people were seeing of them, it was just them like cheering and having fun at at the Minions movie. Oh yeah, that's right. You're a TikToker now. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but uh, and yeah, that's it. And then uh, you know, since I was away and stuff like that, I was trying to catch up with wrestling, and I feel like I'm, I'm finally like there, just kind of hang out. And, and the best thing about it is my kids now have decided they sleep till nine o'clock in the morning, and I wake up. At, Five thirty, six o'clock. So I have a couple hours to do nothing. So I sit there, I watch some wrestling, you know, do my thing, have, enjoy my coffee. Uh, it's great. It's great. I um, and I don't think we mentioned it, and I do want to mention it. I got my zombie sailor heels and faces Matt Cardona figures. Nice. They're incredible. They're such awesome figures. You probably saw the picture that uh, Matt uh, posted that I took of his new figure throwing his old retro figure in Gorilla Press. I did not see that. Oh, you didn't see that? Oh, I, I, I po- so I posted it in the Patreon group. And then he's like, I love this. And then he posted it and gave me uh, credit and stuff like that. In uh, on, on Instagram, I guess? On uh, Instagram and Twitter. Hmm. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that's enough of that. Uh, I'm going to Legoland on Sunday. That should be fun. Nice. Yeah, doing a whole bunch. Now we're just... They doing... have Lego, Lego, um, Lego yellow vanilla ice cream there, I believe. Lego yellow vanilla ice cream so be on the lookout for that okay and you got to get the apple fries apple fries i've never been there but i always i always see people talk about the apple fries not tiktok okay old school vine (laughs) man i i loved vine I, I never did Vine. I, I tout. I know we had a tout account that I did some stuff on tout, which was so stupid. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we had man. that push Nelson gimmick that one time. Oh too. yeah, that's right. That was awesome. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about professional wrestling, all elite wrestling. We should say. Let's go back to last Friday and Rampage. You start the show off hot with a great match as Eddie Kingston picks up the victory of Kanosuke Takeshka. Um. Could, you could say he's like kind of one of like the the rising stars in AEW, and he's not even freaking signed. I thought there. for sure he They're... was signed, and and he's not. Apparently. No, he's not signed. No, he's doing like a GCW event soon. Hmm. Yeah, so a uh, very Japanese style match. Um, I thought they did know. pretty good here, and and it sucks. Like the crowd seemed pretty dead for a majority of this match. Yeah, but then you get this is awesome chance at the end of the match. So yeah, like, which is so weird. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe I don't even know because if you go to a, like a, a WWE taping, you're there for the same amount of time. Yeah, but I feel like maybe AEW just crams so many more matches. Well, also too, last week's Rampage was you know banger after banger after banger after banger. But you know? uh, yeah, I thought this was the best match on Rampage. Yeah, it was. It was great. Uh, and then Eddie up. Kingston still he wants he wants Jericho and he's gonna make Jericho bleed, so that sets His up a blood. barbed wire death match with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society in a shark cage. Yeah, because you know next week is Shark Week, so everything needs to be shark oriented. Oh, is that why? That's the that's the reason you didn't read. Re- apparently, there's reports out there saying allegedly like Warner Discovery wanted to tie somehow into Shark Week. So that's why. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> but listen, okay, so it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But then again, <laughs> there have been a lot of stupid match stipulations in the the world of professional wrestling. Um, I've pulled up a few actually. I, I wonder so, are they going to be suspended above the ring, or they're just going to be in like the like the NXT style? I don't know. But we've had the Las Vegas Showgirls match that happened in two thousand two uh, between William Regal and 
Goldust. That was a great match. <laughs> uh, we had the custody of Dominic Ladder match. Mm. That we had the crybaby match between Razor Ramona one two three kid. Uh, that, uh, no offense to people who like that generation. I think the match itself is fine. The stipulation got awful. <laughs> uh, what about the Gulf of Mexico match between mm. CM Punk and Chavo Guerrero? Um, is that you just had to throw your opponent in, or was it just a yes. hardcore match? Yeah, but speaking of hardcore matches, we had the, the hardcore ECW championship. We match. had the hardcore evening gown match between Pat Patterson and Joe Briscoe. <laughs> uh, who can forget the dog poo match between The Rock and Ken Shamrock, or the British Bulldog? I should say. Excuse me. Um, what other weird ones we got here? The reverse at Battle Royal. Uh, that's I, I like those matches. The King of the Mountain matches. Uh, who can the Kennel the, from the Hell kiss match? My foot match was stupid. Kennel from Hell I enjoyed though. The Viagra on a pole match. What is that? Is that WCW? Um, that comes. That I'm looking at right now. Uh, when Billy Kidman took on Shane yeah. Douglas in a Viagra on the pole match. Right. Riley. For uh, Tori Wilson. Yeah, WCW, um, yeah, so like, their on-a-pole match. I mean, Judy Bagwell on-a-pole match was a... Yeah. I, uh, I don't so... I don't mind the whole shark cage aspect. I just think that's goofy that that's the reason why. But I don't I don't mind that stipulation at all. Yeah. So, uh, one company that has a pay-per-view, actually, next weekend, and we could talk about it next week, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, we saw... The world champion, Jonathan Gresham, aligned himself with Tolly Blanchard. It was supposed to be uh, Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham versus the Gates of Agony. Jonathan Gresham, uh, you know, when uh, Lee Moriarty was trying to go for the hot tag, uh, walked away. And well, cut yeah, a, ske- I mean, a seething promo afterwards saying, you know, since he's been here in April, he's just been sitting home doing nothing. So he aligned himself with one of the greats. I don't think Jonathan Gresham needs Tolly Blanchard, though. Ah, uh, well, I've never heard him, like, promo-wise. Oh, brother, you have to listen to this guy talk. But, like, Gates of Agony, they pick up the victory over that because he turns. But I don't, like, throughout the whole match, they're painting him as the underdog. Who as the underdog? Gresham. And he's the, the champion. Yes, I know. He's He is. A, a... Last week, they had him in a video package. I am the best wrestler in the world. Would they show pictures of, of Brian Danielson and Cesaro, uh, Claudio? Yeah. It's like, I don't understand how they painted him as that, that underdog there. But, yeah, I don't necessarily think he needs Tully either. I don't even, but, like, do the Gates of Agni need Tully Blanchard? What does Tully Blanchard at this point bring? Um, FTR, it seemed like a fun, like, throwback. Yeah. But, but it, it just didn't it didn't pan out. I think this, really is, this leads to a, a Ring of Honor championship match between Gresham and Moriarty on, Rampage. on this week's Rampage. Yes, it does. And then I saw some spoilers, and I'm really excited who his next opponent's going to be. Probably a death before dishonor. Um, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, more Ring of Honor stars in action on Rampage as Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb pick up the victory over Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie. Um, these two women, it was announced later that they'll be uh, Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb will be facing off for the Women's World Championship at Death Before Dishonor. So kind of the anything you could do, I could do better tag team and this was the end of it, and they kind of separated after this. It was like back-to-back. They did the the heel turns. Or not yeah. even heel turns because they yeah. were both heels. I guess Mar- Martinez is now a face. Yes, yes. You saw, As you saw that on, uh, on on Dynamite, and we'll talk about Dynamite in a little bit. Um, and your main event, so Orange Cassidy pick up the victory over Tony Nese in 
and an outstanding... Orange Cassidy's on a run right now, man. And he's getting paired up with really great guys that he could work with. And you're really seeing Tony Nese shine a little bit more. Yeah, I think I he really, killed it in this. I think I, he needs like a title. He needs a meaningful TV win. But he's getting exposure and people and J- Jim Ross was really talking him up at the end of this match. He's like, he's like, man, he's like, Tony, he's like, this guy's going to be a main event player for years to come. And I mean, he, he had like one of the best matches on that WrestleMania card with WrestleMania 35. Who? Nice. Oh, that's right. Against Buddy Murphy. Yeah, but I, I like the pairing with Smart Mark Sterling, too. It's like they seamlessly got him away from Jade Cargill and put him right in with Tony Nese, and it's been working, and it's been fun. His yeah, he got involved a, a, a few times. Danhausen at one point punched Mark below the belt and then cursed Tony Nese, and I assume Hookhausen is no more. Maybe they're doing the, – you know what? I watched this match with my kids, and they thought it was the best thing in the world when Smart Mark got punched in the groin. Um, I had to watch it three times. Daddy, can we go back and watch it again? Daddy, can we go do back? Do they and know watch- that hurts? Yes, they do. My son's nine and loves potty humor. <laughs> but like he, like he's like experienced. Like he knows it hurts. Like yes. on you. Yes. What do you think? My kid doesn't know anything. I, I keep him in a. Hole. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old a kid is. Uh, at what age they find out it hurts? <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was a fun match. Um, Dan Housen being, uh, Orange Cassidy's lawyer, which I thought was hilarious. He's got the tie on, he's got the, you know, the, the suit jacket and stuff like that. It was great. And it was, it was a great match, you know, a really strong rampage in my opinion here. But there was, there was nothing that like stated that Hookhausen was done, but no, nothing. I wonder what happened. They just like stopped doing stuff together. You know, it's like once they had that new Japan thing and then like they branched, they branched Dan Housen back to the best friends. Cause now that, you know. Uh, forbidden doors over, they can get rid of a punky vice and bring back uh, the best friends. Right. But we could talk about here because they were front and center as uh, AEW Dynamite kicked off Fighter Fest. It's now two weeks of Fighter Fest, so that's two Dynamite Fighter Fests, two I Rampage. I hate that they're using this name still. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... it's it was gonna... outdated when they first used it. Okay. But, it's you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It gives it a theming, you know, so... <coughs> Excuse me. I ate popcorn this morning, and something was caught in my throat. Butter on it was delicious. But anyway, kicking off Rampage, Dynamite, I should say, excuse me, was Wardlow successfully defending his brand-new AEW championship against Orange Cassidy in, I wrote this down, and I took a I took notes today, Brandon. TNT How, championship, by the way. TNT championship, whatever. Regardless, um, this match was everything that I liked about professional wrestling. It had what? Why? Because this match sucked. I, are you kidding me? I could say exactly why. Like overall, it didn't suck, but like there's bits and pieces that, like, to me, I it was just a comedy spot after comedy spot. I don't think I think the begin and this this is why I like comedy wrestling. I thought the beginning of the match was so fun. I don't. And I, mind and I know you. You had spots. it. What? I don't mind comedy wrestling, but Wardlow's first TNT championship. But and defense. this is the same. And this is the same thing that you said about FTR right after they won the. Yeah, the same the, exact reason. Yeah, there's no reason that they should have been put in a six way. But it it shows you. But a he def, a he defended the title successfully. 
B, which is fine. Orange Cassidy kicked out of his finish. Way to make him look like a beast. His finish is a power bomb. No, no, no. The F10. Nobody has ever kicked out of that except and they now did a Orange great Cassidy. Job selling that on commentary. No one's ever kicked out of it. Again, you saw Orange Cassidy, but aren't again, Orange Cassidy is one of those upper echelon wrestlers in all elite wrestling. He's beaten Chris Jericho. He's taken Will Ospreay, who was the IWGP United States champion, to the limit in, you know, maybe one of the more memorable matches in AEW this year. So like and it's it's kind of it kind of works for Orange Cassidy too because he just you'd think oh yeah he's done no Orange Cassidy just keeps coming back for more yeah but like that, nothing's going to come okay. of that like now that his finisher somebody kicked out of his finisher like nothing's going to come his finisher's from the power bomb it's the F10 no his finisher is the power bomb what has he been winning with what did he win last week? Regardless, though, his finisher is was the F10. Yeah, it was, but now it's not anymore. It's the power bomb because he's getting the power bomb over. And they told in this match, they kind of told the story that every time Wardlow was going for a power bomb, Orange Cassidy found some way to get out of it, to maneuver it. There was one spot where he caught him on the outside and picked him up and was going to power bomb him on the ring apron. Orange Cassidy flipped over him too, flipped over him. So let me go back to why I'm why I'm saying I love this match. The comedy spots at the beginning of the match were fantastic. The fact that he made it so wild that they had to bring out a chainsaw, I was laughing so hard about this. And again, what do I always say? You have to suspend your disbelief when it comes to these things. Trent and Chuck did a very good job. Even like the, the opening promo package in Orange Cassidy was coming out. What they said they were going to do, they were going to cheat. And how did they try to cheat? A, you saw Trent trying to rip off the turnbuckle ropes. B, you see you see Chuck trying to break out a chainsaw. And then they ultimately get, got kicked out. Again, this is a babyface versus babyface match here. So the fact that also when Wardlow pulls Danhausen out from under the ring, Danhausen tries to crush him and goes, oh, hey, you know what, you're cool. All right, I'm not going to do this to you. But that was fun. I have a bunch of other stuff. The Tornado DDT spots that Orange Cassidy was trying to do where, like, and this happened in the Nice match, too, where, like, he was going around, he's about to hit it, but then the guy posted out and, like, would hit him with a suplex or something like that. I thought that was real awesome. And then also in the beginning of the match, where they were outside of the ring, Orange Cassidy went to go for a dive, and Wardlow catches him, and then he tries to push Wardlow into the ring post, and Wardlow stops it. In, the, like, the middle, halfway over halfway point of the match, he, they did that same spot again, and it worked. So there was storytelling here, there was comedy, and at the end of the day, it was a it was a, a successful first defense for a guy that they have been hyping up for two years and to get the rub from somebody who is a star in all elite wrestling, like Orange Cassidy. That's why I love this match. It was just I thought it was very well done. You thought it sucked. So again, wrestling is subjective. Um so that's that. I want to mention Pac right now because Pac did have his first successful All Elite Wrestling All Atlantic Championship defense at RevPro in the UK against Shono Umino, and I like the fact that they they mentioned it on Dynamite. Hey, and also too. Oh, hey, guess what? I missed Dark. Pac was on there. Let me go check out this match. So it's cool. I think Tony Khan's mentioned something to the fact that Pac is going to go all around the world and defend this title, which I think is awesome. He should be going all over the Atlantic. <laughs> Are you there, Brandon? I am, yeah. 
Okay, I've been talking for like five minutes straight. Um, so that was, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed them kind of like seeding people to kind of go back because I didn't know that was happening. So now maybe I'll go back and watch Dark for tomorrow. Well, I mean, I bit. knew I knew that match was advertised. I'm, I'm almost certain he had two matches over there so far. Okay, so maybe they'll play the other one. And I like the uh, the chants they were singing. He's a bastard. He's a bastard. Yes, he <laughs> is. It was a nice way to end, uh, you know, that. So uh, we spoke about him on Rampage. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshka, he has been very impressive. And he was so impressive that John Moxley wanted to give him an Eliminator match for the AEW World title. I kind of like the Eliminator concept now. The champion gives the challenger... Give somebody a challenge. If they can beat them, they'll get a title shot. Yeah, I, I, we've, we've spoken about the ratings for very, for very long and how screwed up they are. They're still screwed up. Um, but I like this like kind of match concept to it. And John Moxley uh, successfully defeated Konosuke Takeshka. And I like I thought, that, uh, that German suplex on the apron to John Moxley was nice. Yes, it was very good. Again, he's like, I don't understand why they're not... Um, Signing. Why they don't have him signed. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be something. You know what he kind of reminds me of? And you might be like, absolutely not. A young Kenny Omega. Do you see that a little bit? Uh, not really. Okay. Well, I, I kind of I, like DDT pro Kenny Omega. Not the cleaner or that. But anyway, solid match here from the... From <laughs> How do you like... Uh, I guess it was during a commercial break. He got kicked or something. Got busted open. Yeah, he got. I, I, I guess I turned away. I turned around. I'm like, it's, uh, it's real now. It's getting uh, set up here. So yeah, uh, we. I have to backtrack a little bit because next week we're gonna get a barbed wire death match everywhere match. We spoke about it before, but Chris Jericho comes out and talks about Eddie Kingston. You know, just says next week he's not gonna be facing Chris Jericho, the Wizard. He's gonna be facing the Painmaker, who is undefeated. That was a line that I kind of like, it stuck with me. He said, all right, the pain maker is undefeated. So do we see Eddie Kingston getting a W here next week? I think. Because Jericho also said, this is it. This is the end of it. No more. Yeah, Eddie Kingston wants Jericho's blood. If, if he doesn't get his blood this time, then then that's, yeah. there's nothing there. I, mean, I liked him calling. He's like, barbed wire? Oh, yeah, because you're a mark. He's <laughs> like, you're a mark for Terry Funk and Onita. So... Uh, next week, barbed wire everywhere. Everywhere. It's not an exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Um, we had Christian come out, cut a promo on the Varsity Blondes, and he spoke about Brian Pillman's dad being average and dead. He's really, like, going to the jugular for, like, all these, like... he just Christian just doesn't care. It's, yeah. ch- it's cheap heat, but... It- and he said because Griff Garrison looks similar to Jungle Boy, he's coming for him. So Luchasaurus then picks up the victory over Griff Garrison... And uh, the main part of this was afterwards when he tried to put uh, the blondes to the table. Table didn't break. He did it again. That's the the biggest part of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's on Rampage this week. It's the blondes versus uh, Christian Luchasaurus. You know, the the this is not the first time that uh, <laughs> that Griff Garrison has been mistaken. Even though he wasn't mistaken, he looks similar to they say. But he was once mistaken before for Jungle Boy. Oh really? Yeah, they were uh, Mr. Brody Lee looking for Jungle Boy and John oh, who, Silver pulled that whole thing. Who the f is Griff Garrison? <laughs> yeah. I remember this. Okay, yeah. Uh, next up, you had a Haas fight. Big boys here. Claudio Castagnoli picking up the victory over Jake Hager. We know they were in a tag team with Zeb Coulter in WWE. 
Um, and I thought Claudio shines here, man. I thought he looked awesome doing the six one nine. Uh, I guess they can't. They can't call it the Swiss not the Swiss one nine anymore. Um, why can't they? I guess because it's WWE's name. Did they have Swiss one nine copywritten? And here's my bird. Oh, because the mailman was outside. That's why. Um, but yeah, so Claudio picks up the victory with the big Ricola bomb. Matt like Angelo it. ran out and distracted Claudio at one point. Yep. So Hager was able to take advantage of that. But do you think now, like? We have this back Blackpool. So you think now after this barbed wire match between Eddie Kingston and Jericho next week, it's just going to be Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society? Do you think that's where uh, it goes now? Wait, what? Who, so, it'll be who versus who? It'll be Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, but we are Without, like, Eddie so. and Eddie and... I hope know. not. I want that to be, like, the the end of everything. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. It should be. I mean, once Eddie Kingston gets Jericho's blood, that should be it. Yeah. That should be, like, the last, like, shot is, like, Eddie Kingston over Jericho, who's, like, you know, busted the hard way. So, uh, you have backstage promo with Tony Schiavone and Thunderstorm, this new tag team that uh, was invented last week with uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Really, really just smart way to name them. <laughs> the easiest way you could have named them. One's Thunder. One last name is Storm. We'll just call it Thunderstorm. It'll be great. Um, but we uh, we got to talk about Thunder Rosa. She is the AEW Women's Champion. Uh, she has recently made an excursion over to Japan where she lost a match to yeah. – what to what, what's her name? Miyu Yameshita. Yeah. Right, so apparently Miyu Yameshita is now the number one contender for the AEW World Women's Championship. And Thunder Rosa said that. She's like, okay. You come over, I'll give you a shot. All right, awesome, cool. Is it uh, kind of goofy that she had one match, but Tony Storm was the number one contender? I don't want to talk about it. Tony Storm. <laughs> I really don't. She talk lost. About it. She lost her her championship match, but still was number one contender. And FTR has been the number one contender for eleven weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, and we can't even paint a, a picture at, anymore. With the, yeah. the young bucks have been ducking them. Yeah, because now. I don't even know, man. But um, yeah, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter interrupted that thunderstorm gimmick. It sets up um, Rampage for this week. We'll, t- we'll talk about that next week. So, But it leads into Serena D picking up the victory over Anna J, which I thought was a pretty Anna J's good hometown. Yeah. Um, did yeah. you see? I think it was Anna J's mother pulled Serena Deeb's hair. I didn't even see that. I thought it was just some random fan. Somebody said apparently it's her mother. I was like, what? what is going on? Yeah, well, you, you saw her when she came out to the ring. She was, like, hugging all those people that are on uh, camera side. Yeah. But Anna yeah. Jay, I thought, definitely held her own in this. I thought the outcome was obvious. but Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's a way. This was a match to hype up Death Before Dishonor. Hey, Serena Deeb's going for the Women's World title. Here's her against, you know, one of uh, a fan favorite of AEW. So, yeah. but... You know, and Deeb wouldn't let go, so Mercedes Martinez ran out and attacked Serena Deeb. And... Yeah. And that's it. So, uh, next up after this, your main event, we have new AEW World Tag Team Champions in Swerve in Your Glory as they defeated the Young Bucks and Team Taz of Powerhouse Hobbs and Absolute Ricky Starks. I liked this match a lot. I loved the interaction between Swerve and one of the Jacksons in the beginning of the match. Where they were going like tit for tat with each other, doing kip ups, and you know when they went out of the ring and everything like that, I enjoyed that. I um, liked when Keith Lee was uh, power bombing Nick onto 
I think it was Matt on the rope. Yes, I enjoyed Powerhouse Hobbs in his spinebuster spot where he hit everybody with a spinebuster. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was the, nice. The Ricky Starks Powerhouse uh, Hobbs double team where he had him up for the electric chair, threw him over, and he hit a cutter. I thought that was awesome. Everybody in this match shines. Am I surprised with the outcome? Extremely. It but seems again, like they're leading to, like, they're not going to be champions for long. I, I Again, all out. It should be FDR. Well, I mean, it, because we've seen, even in the match, it looked like Swerve was going to hit Keith Lee with the, with the title, I believe. Yes, uh, yes, and, and that's the story that they've been, they haven't been on the same page since the uh, the Royal Rager Rumble thing. Right. Whatever it's called. Huge ref bump in this match for no reason. Yeah, listen, it's Rick, it's, it, Rick Knox has a history of uh, ref bumps. Yeah, I didn't understand, like, they always do, like, a ref bump when it's not necessary, like, there's... Three teams. You can't get DQ'd. Yeah. Just use the weapon. Yeah. Uh, but, but all in all, fun match. Congratulations. Me, yeah. Go, no, go ahead. I was going to say, to me, there was no reason for the Young Bucks to win the titles in the first place. There's no... But, and I feel like you again, agreed with that, too. I agree. I agreed with that. It should have been just been Keith Lee and Swerve from at Double or Nothing. I think it's damage control over the whole Jeff Hardy, Hardy boys... You know, I think the, it was very obvious that they wanted after the Hardys after Jurassic Express won at Double or Nothing against Team Taz and Swerve and Keith Lee. I think they it seemed like that's where they were leading to, and that that triple threat ladder match that they were going to have always triple threat. But they have a, a bolsterous tag team division. I hope All Out does not have a triple threat match. It, you know what it should have been like you, you are, I, I'm sick I'm really sick of the phrase dream match I'm like I'm sick of the phrase dream match because every match oh my god this is a dream match this is a dream match ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have a dream match no it, it's over and done with every, anybody can wrestle anybody now it's not like WWE is the only place in town but what I meant to say was like all out the Hardy Boys you give them the, you give them the run over the summer you have a, a big ladder match. Hardys, Bucks, FTR. Winner take all for everything. That would have been, and then that would have given, you know, FTR like the pinnacle. Yes, I know. There, there's no, that's not, not a thing anymore. Of tag team wrestling was that spot over two legendary tag teams. So. Also, um, where's Sean Spears been? Um, Is he injured? I don't even know. I Everybody's injured. <laughs> so we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to we'll we'll have to see uh, where Sean Spears is. But all in all, I thought it was great great dynamite. A lot to look forward to for next week. Uh, barbed wire everywhere, death match. Um, we'll see what's going on with uh, the AEW World Title, and that's got to uh, be the main event, right? What? Oh, the absolutely. Barbed wire. Like, how do they? Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You can't do that first. You, you gotta that. You're gonna need at least like a half an hour for that match. So also, else... I wish they would. Uh time their shows better well because they try to pack Keith Lee won they literally they just boom cut to commercial yeah well that, that was it it was done even yeah, like it. last week they were like well folks tony khan confirmed like we're going over like we're gonna go as much as we can as yeah. much as we need to and it literally ends it's all every time they say that it always ends 1001 and then boom american dad pops on yeah there was bob burgers one time yeah so even but, like yeah, commercial so breaks, that's... like going into commercial breaks for the last three weeks, Excalibur's been getting cut off going into them. Okay. How do that's they fine. not? 
like, I don't know. I don't know if people like if they're like whispering your ear, like, "Hey, we're cutting a commercial." Mention it. Yeah, well, I mean, do you work in live production? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know yeah. what happens in the ear. Like, how? Like, how does it keep happening? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I don't. Live production is is an entity in and itself. I do very small market stuff, but you know, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Some some directors are all about like, okay, we have to go commercial break. I don't care what they're saying. Me, when I'm directing a game, I try to make sure my. But then again, I'm not on a time crunch. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that's a that's a great week of all elite wrestling. Next week we'll have uh, Fighter Fest. Uh, we'll talk about Fighter Fest Night One of uh, Rampage. We'll talk about. I think night it's technically they say Fighter Fest Night Two. Okay, so then what's Fighter Fest Night Three is going to be dynamite. It's dynamite, yeah. All right, well, well, I'll, I'll see once we uh, get on the old uh, AEW train. They also, so, by the way, they announced uh, All Outs in, again, Chicago. <laughs> yep. I yeah, don't know and, why and they people... went to the smaller venue. I wonder if it's because of Grand Slam. I don't think so. I think it's Grand more... Slam is like t- over 20,000 tickets for the most part, and this is 10,000. Yeah, maybe they want to do small intimate since they were just there last month. I wonder. Yeah, they don't want because because literally the the same month the the like two weeks after whatever is Grand Slam so yeah they got to push those know. tickets and those tickets aren't even on sale till next week yeah I know I I want to try, try to get tickets to that that'd be fun haven't been to an AEW show yet and last year's uh, Grand hopefully Slam hopefully it's awesome, a lot so. better than than last year's do you Grand see Slam. all the all the do you see all the marks on the internet of course you do. Um, that are like, oh, guess what? The company ruined uh, CM Punk coming back because he's on the he's on the poster. He's the AEW World Champion. You have to put him on your poster. Is he on the poster every... for Grand Slam? Or for no, all he's on the out? Poster for all out. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I don't. I didn't see anybody say that, but I don't know. They say that uh, there's rumors that his time frame might be a lot sooner than later. So what? <sighs> Okay. So I'm, right. people are assuming Moxley versus Punk at All Out. So, but that's a huge. But again, match. they also assume Bray Wyatt would show up at Winter Is Coming or whatever. And yeah, I was thinking. And then they showed. They thought Bray Wyatt would show up at other shows. And yeah, no. they thought I, Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Were. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so funny. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's uh, that's it. That on the AEW front, and now it's time for my. Match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from Impact Wrestling from two weeks since I wasn't here last week. I didn't pre-record my match of the week, but uh, Brian Myers versus Rich Swan in a dot combat match for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Uh, we have a new digital media champion, and Brian Myers. This is his first uh, singles title on the national stage, in a, a company that gets national and global exposure. Um, you know, he was tag team champion several times in the WWE. Um, yes, he has held numerous individual titles on the indies, uh, but it's good to, for Brian to get a, a shot here. It's, you know, I, I thought, and I thought the matches, these dot combat matches, there was one between Jordan Grace and, and Matt Cardona too. They're fun. You know, they're using computer monitors and they're stacking up uh, keyboards and stuff like that. And I think the match is free on their YouTube channel. So definitely go check it out. Brian Myers versus Rich Swan dot combat match. Uh, yeah, so that's it. And uh, on that note, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout out. 
The first shout out goes to the Garcias on HBO Max, which is a sequel series to the Brothers Garcia that aired on Nickelodeon from 2000 to 2004. You're probably too old for that, right? Do you ever? Yeah, you ever I don't the know Brothers them. Garcia. But uh, it's pretty crazy. 18 years after the show ended, they brought it back for this, and it's the full original cast, minus John Leguizamo, who was the narrator. I don't know why. I feel like they could have found a spot for him to be in it, but I hope they put out more seasons of this show. I hope people watch it on HBO Max. Um, No, I'm I'm not familiar with it. It just sucks that there's, like, no official way to watch the original series outside of low-quality videos on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. But I believe it was like groundbreaking television back in 2000 for the Brothers Garcia. So why? I think it was like the first sitcom to have an all Latino cast and creative team. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. That's cool. I think that's what uh, what it was. Yeah. And the first (laughs) the very first episode of the pilot, there's pro wrestling in it. So there you go. (laughs) Other pro wrestling in the, the Brothers Garcia, not. Yeah. Garcia's on HBO Max. <laughs> um, next shout out, Jerry and Marge go large is based on a real story. I believe where someone finds a loophole in one of the lotteries in Massachusetts and ends up winning a ton of money from it. And uh, Brian Cranston stars in it with Annette Benning, and it's on Paramount plus. So if you have Paramount plus, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Cause it's like, must be nice that they that the guy was like really smart in math or whatever and figured out that every so like every few weeks or whatever mm-hmm. something happens with the lottery that they could then cash out and make a bunch of money off of it so huh it'd be pretty cool but my last shout out goes to the tower of terror billboard that was on world drive in florida if you've ever been near disney world on World Drive, then you've 100% passed by it. It was a moving billboard to make it look like the people in the tower were falling. Uh-huh. I have to assume it's been there since the early 90s. It was like a staple from my childhood when we were driving in Florida. I remember that specifically. And because it was like, it just signified to me that you were almost at the parks. Are they taking it down? It's gone. News oh, breaks, news breaks. They they have the truck set up. Breaking news, they're going to demolish this beloved sign, beloved billboard that they just fixed up and got it to work again last year. And uh, the, the next day, boom, gone. Wow. So I thought that was very unfortunate. I was a big fan of that billboard. Literally my favorite billboard. If you ask me that, it'd be like such a weird question. I don't know who has a favorite billboard. I think that's the weirdest thing, but this was one of the coolest billboards. The coolest billboard. Not one of. It was the coolest billboard I kind that of I've like ever the, seen. I kind of like the billboards for uh, South of the Border. Yeah, but this was so much better. Everybody knows South of the Border. Not everybody. <laughs> if, you're, if you drive. If you drive down to Florida. <laughs> but I think it's very unfortunate because this was like, I, this might have been like the last remaining like, really cool billboard from that era because back in the day they had like um king kong had a really cool billboard down there for universal studios 
Jaws, I think, had a really cool one for Universal also. So times are changing. This one was just stuck up in the middle of the the world drive. Have you ever seen it? You must have no. seen it. No, I guarantee you've seen this. Maybe in a picture. And I feel like I've even spoken about this on the show before. Uh-huh. I might have. I'm not 100% sure. But it was just such a good billboard. So it's very yeah. unfortunate. Because it was the Tower of Terror. It was literally like a mini Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. And the, the car was, was falling. So it was cool. But uh, yeah, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for hours. out moment of the week i gotta say right off the bat booker t returned to the ring in ring action at row this weekend and he wore his old harlem heat gear that's pretty cool i thought that was really cool so that was one of the things that i marked out over yeah that's really awesome i know Uh, i popped a dolph ziggler showing up i think i could count that for sure mm -hmm. you got anything for me, I marked out for finishing up Stranger Things. Mm. I marked out for that entire season. I definitely marked out for that. Um, so that was my mark out was revolving around uh, Stranger Things. It's funny because it's like non-wrestling wise. I think the season finale of Miss Marvel had me like mark the absolute hell out. But I, I can't say anything because anything I say would be a spoiler. Yeah. And yeah. it was literally, it's literally all over Twitter. It's still right now all over Twitter. Yeah. So I highly recommend anybody out there who's a big fan of the MCU. If you're like, eh, I don't know if I need to watch Miss Marvel. You need to watch Miss Marvel. It's that big of a thing. You need to watch it. Other wrestling things that I uh, marked out over, they showed off the San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con Mattel exclusive for this year. And it's a two-pack of No Holds Barred from uh, with Hulk Hogan as Rip Thomas and Tiny Lister, obviously, as Zeus. Yeah, coming in a VHS. Yeah, VHS packaging. I think it's pretty obscure, but I think this was a really cool uh, wrestling figure set. It's a shame that Zeus passed away because this would have made a really good signed piece of memorabilia for sure. Um. And then I guess the only other thing that yeah. I maybe would have marked out over, not necessarily a mark out, but WWE Music finally posted Alexa Bliss's new theme song, and it was revealed that the singer is someone named Dasha. So, so not Avril. It's not Avril Lavigne. It's not the chick who sang uh, Johnny Gargano's theme song. But we finally have a, a, a name and a face to the song. So Dasha. Yeah. Is it Dasha Banks? No, it's just Dasha. Just <laughs> Dasha. But those are the mark out moments of the week. Thank you so much for checking out episode 597. You can check it out, markingout.com, Spotify podcast, marking out. Uh, I already said that on Apple podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at marking out, at Chris Sweendog, at David D. At David you got PT, DPT. <laughs> and bttg161 dave and i are the same on instagram chris is uh, cm sweeney 85 
on Instagram, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, which is our Instagram as well, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, TikTok at MarkingOut, and we wish you the... the- And hopefully my voice is better by next week. Best Best of luck in your your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.